0: Fear and trembling, verse 13, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Verse 13 again, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Father, thank you tonight for the word that we're about to receive. I pray each person who hears uh, these words, hearing, those online, those who watch later on, that God, everyone will allow this word to penetrate their hearts so you can do in us exactly what you desire to do in us, we pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. says again, uh, it is God who works in you, God who works in you. So tonight I'm talking on this subject, God is working in you. God is working in you. All right, praise the Lord. Now, um, we started talking about, back in June, <laughs> this God dream that the Lord showed me, about him saying to not be moved by the world because... <laughs> Again, the working on the dream of what he has for us, and so I begin to preach about how something big is coming, and it is. Uh, I'm hoping everyone sees that. I'm hoping in the body of Christ that we've awakened ourselves to what's going on and not allowing the the world's uh, issues to infiltrate our own hearts. In other words, you and I are to be. We can be. Um, we're not isolated from the world, but we are insulated. You know y'all have those nice Yeti cups and all that fancy stuff, those little things y'all get? And do you have those cups, uh, they're insulated, so whether you're drinking hot coffee or cold beverage, no matter what the temperature is outside, it keeps what's inside the right temperature. So you and I are in this world but we're not of this world so no matter what's going on in this world because we're insulated by the spirit of the living God it doesn't have to have an effect on us. So we're supposed to be those who are awakened to the fact that something big is coming. And we're living in constant expectation. God's word didn't change about this being a year of vision manifestation just because a virus showed up or just because a varmint showed up. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I've been talking about us having or uh, preparing ourselves for large money. Hallelujah. Large territory, large work and major responsibility. Amen. So that's what God's bringing us into. Everybody say large money. Large territory, large work and major responsibility. Now, I want the meeting to get for me, please, Isaiah 42, verses 6 and 7 in the CEV, in the Contemporary English Version, because I want you to understand, everybody here that and those online, please understand, God has a purpose for your life. God has an assignment on your life, and he has a destiny for each and every one of us, okay? And there's something great that he wants you to do. Tell your neighbor, God didn't save you by accident. You're intentionally saved. You understand that? You didn't sneak into the earth. God, okay, y'all don't repeat that. But God, okay, keep Okay, you, you were not an unplanned birth. I don't care about your mom and dad's plans. God did not, uh, you didn't surprise God by coming into the earth. He has a purpose for you. He has an assignment for your life, and he has a destiny for you to reach. Everybody say purpose. Purpose. Assignment. Assignment. Destiny. Destiny. That's our path. I have a purpose. That was a little Kirkland joke. I have a purpose. I have a purpose, an assignment, and a destiny for my life. God has a plan for me. And so he's working in me to get me to that place. Now, when we read on Sunday Isaiah 42, verse 6 through six and 7 from the CEV. Thank you, Talia. Yeah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Talia's going to help me read. I chose you to bring justice, and I am here at your side. I selected you. Everybody say, God selected me. He said, and sent you to bring light and my promise of hope to the nations. So there's there's an international calling on your life. Mm -hmm. I need you to see beyond the four walls of this church. That's always a, 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 a work I have to do in, in leadership to get, you know, uh, people to see beyond these four walls because it's so easy. In the natural, of course, you know, I see these handful of people here or if it's jam-packed, I see this, this is our reach. No, 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 no. Your reach is to the nations. I mean, God has already allowed us to do that just through the Internet. He's allowed us to do that already through missions and sending monies to various places. I, I was blessed, I was in, in correspondence with uh, uh, our uh, bishop over in uh, Zambia today, who sent me more pictures and videos of their uh, their feeding programs that we're, that we're taking care of. And uh, just blessed to see that all those little children, all those uh, orphans, all those widows, all those people that we're taking care of. And just seeing them dancing and cutting up and everything, having a good time, and they're happy. They got bags and bags of food, and they're happy about it. Praise God. So we're reaching the nations already. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah, praise God. I've called you to it. Now, does that mean every person in this room is going to travel the world? No, 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 no. You can, there's, there are some goers and there are some sowers. Right? There are some senders and there are some tenders. Somebody got to go tend to it, somebody's going to send them. You got it? All right. So he says, you will give sight to the blind. You will set prisoners free from dark dungeons. So notice that assignment on us, a purpose, an assignment, and a destiny, here's what God's calling us to do. Okay? So, everybody understand it. Everybody say it again. I have a purpose, I have, a purpose. I have an assignment, I have an assignment and, I have a and I have a destiny. Now, your purpose, God gave you before you were born. Your assignment, your destiny is before you were born. Most of us, though, don't learn it. We never learn anything until we're born again. Right? We don't learn anything until we're born again. And so, once we begin to learn, our purposes, once we begin to learn our assignments, once we begin to learn even specific assignments that God will have you assign here, assign there, and you can if you're good, you can multitask alright, some of y'all who, who you were remember your high school uh, college days, you had more than one class you had to get several assignments done okay, so y'all can give you several assignments but it all leads to a, a degree, right? Or a destiny. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for that. You got it? Now, what I want to begin to show you is something the Lord began to do with me about, uh, I'd say last week, uh, before, just before the, the um, uh, healing school, just in my personal time, is this, is God has a systematic way he works in us. I want you to, to get a hold of this. God has a systematic way he works with us, is a better way to put it. way he works with us. Huh? To She peeking behind that shoulder, just looking at me it's going to be that kind of night then, huh? Okay, all right, all right. So so catch this. God has a systematic way, systematic way he works with us. Number one, he works in us. This is worth writing down if you have something to write with. He works in us. Number two, he works for us. And then number three, he works through us. Now, I said a systematic way of doing things, a systematic way of working with us. All right, remember the Bible we read this last week? Um, we are workers together with him. Right? We are workers together with God. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 20, somewhere around about, somewhere around there, 14, somewhere around there. But we are workers together with God. So we work with him. We work with him. We don't just work for him. We work with him. When you're a supervisor, manager, people work for you. Or you're an an entrepreneur, uh, an employer, people work for you. But the Bible says we work with God. So when we work with God, he's working with us. But he's already on the level he's supposed to be on. God doesn't have to come up. It's you and I that have to come up yes, sir. to work with him. Yes, sir. And systematically, Laquanda, he works first in us, then he, or should I say, he does something in us, and then he does something for us, and then he does things through us. Now the end goal is to do things through us. Let's go back to verse 6 because y'all sleeping on me. Verse 6, Isaiah 42, verse 6. Hallelujah. Isaiah 42, verse 6. Can we get it? Let me just read it. I chose you to bring justice, and I'm here at your side. I selected you and sent you to bring light and my promise of hope to the nations. That's what God wants to do through you. So that's the end goal You will give sight to the blind Verse 7 You will set prisoners free from dark dungeons So there's the end goal is God wants to work through you So I want to take tonight and Sunday And next Wednesday, Lord's willing to To, to, to show you, to help us get there Where he can always work through us But God in his loving way how he develops us is that first, he works in us. He does something in us. And then he does some things for us. That's Sunday. Y'all will be excited Sunday, I know. Because I'm going to teach them what the things God does for us. And that's normally where Christians are trying to get to. Christians are generally trying to get to what God can do for us. What can God do for me? But the reason why most Christians don't even reach the highest level of what God can do for us is because we don't allow God to do anything in us. How much he can do for us is contingent upon how much we allow him to do in us. And then once we allow him, or once we've seen him and know that he can do things for us, now he shifts it to another level where we can now allow him to do things through us. That's the end goal. Are y'all with me? God wants us to bring healing to the nations. God wants us to supply the needs of the nations. He doesn't want government doing it, and he doesn't want heathens doing it. He doesn't want heathens doing it. Right now, heathens doing it because most of Christians have not gotten to the point where we can let God do it through us. <laughs> Are y'all hearing me? So God's trying to get us to the point where he can do great things. In Daniel, uh, I think it's chapter 11, um, 25, somewhere around, somewhere around there, it says... Uh, They that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Those who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. So there are great things that uh, are supposed to be done, exploits. Great exploits, some translations say. Big things are supposed to be done through us. Through us. But before God can do them through us, he wants to do them for us. But before he he can do them for us, he has to do them in us. Hallelujah! That's right, I, Chris. I, I uh, want you to prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. You got it? All right. So, many of us have heard Apostle Derber, Philip Derber from Frankfurt who comes here. Uh, thank God will be back here in October, Lord's willing. He says this all the time. God would much rather do something in you than do something for you. God would much rather do something in you than do something for you, much rather than for you. Right. Now, the interesting thing again, what I'm saying, Robert, is a lot of people are trying to get God to do something for them. Right. Right. But won't give God the time to do something in them. See, if God will God do things for you, absolutely. He absolutely will, but because He's a good God. But if, if we try to skip to the level of doing something for us, in fact, I don't even, I don't, let me not even say skip to the level. When you get born again, I say this all the time. When somebody comes here or we meet somebody and they get born again, I'll tell them, the first thing I tell them is, hey, look out for your welcome package. As soon as somebody gets born again, I say, look out for your welcome package. God has something he wants to do for you. He wants to bless you. It's God's way of saying thank you. I've been waiting, for, waiting all your life for you to come to, back into the family. And people, it's, it's just astounding, the calls I get from people like, man, man, just, it scared me how much stuff just happened to me. I say, bro, don't be scared. This is, I told you God was going to give you a welcome package. God's always going to bless you. He's going to do things for you. But see, the problem with that is those are uh, endowments, those are blessings, those are miracles. But the Bible doesn't say the just shall live by miracles. It says the just shall live By faith. We say it out in the world. You give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day. But you teach him how to fish and he'll eat the rest of his life. Right? So God can keep giving you fish. Remember the people that kept following Jesus Christ for the fish and the loaves? He said one time, they don't follow me for the fish and the loaves. But when he tried to give them the word, that would change their lives. They left. They deserted him, John 6. John 6, verse 66, they all walked away. They left him. That's the same chapter where he had just fed them. He had just fed the 5,000 members, women, and children, and later on, by the end of that chapter, they left because they had not had anything done in them. They were only looking for what he could do for them. So there's nothing to keep them. And nothing that they could now use and and uh, uh, replicate. It's about replicating. God wants you to be able to repeat this over and over and over again. Live by faith. Manifest by faith all the time. Learn now how to do this all the time. And then when you get good at it, it's not just something that happens to you or for you. It's something now you begin to let this flow out of you and through you and begin to manifest for other people. That's the end goal. Got it? Okay. Now, so, (laughs) praise of God. Now, transformation happens in us, right? So what God does, he starts by calling us to himself. Put John 6, verse 44 on the screen, please. Because when God, first thing God does in this process is that he calls us to himself, right? And when we come, when we answer that call, joy is called a new birth, Okay, Jesus said this in John 6, 44. He says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. So no one can come to Jesus unless God draws them. So first thing God does in this process when he has his eyes on you is he draws you. And here you are dancing the club. sudden, you start feeling like night you start dancing off beat. What what's going on? Oh, you're out at somebody's house. And you're like <laughs> <What>? <laughs> am, I, am I talking right? doing here? I don't. You sick? No, I just, I feel queasy. I don't know why I feel queasy. Is something you ate? No. It's all of a sudden, it's the Lord drawing you. When he draws you, you start feeling uncomfortable. Did that happen to anybody? You're like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. What? This, something's whack. It's the Lord drawing you. It's his call. He's calling you out. And people even start telling you, you know, you don't don't even belong here. You don't even know how to do this. you messing up cuss words. How you messing up cuss words? You've been cussing up your whole life. How you messing up cuss words? Did you just pour that quart out? You don't come back. <laughs> now, put Romans 8, 28 through 30 on the screen, please. Romans 8, 28 through 30 on the screen. Because I want to show you what's happening here. Because I'm talking about how God, because of purpose and assignment and destiny, he has to begin to do something inside you. So Romans 8, verse 28, we know there's some people quote this all around, no matter what church you go to. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. People preach that at funerals. Preacher that somebody got in a car accident and lost one leg and now they're going to preach about the Lord. All things work together for good. And that's not what the Bible is talking about. When you go through tragedy, that's not God trying to work things together for your good. It's not what he's talking about. Go back and read the beginning of the chapter from verse 1 through 27. It's talking about how the Holy Spirit works and the word works and your righteousness works. All these different things work together for good to get you to a point where he can use you. All these, we can really say, and we know that all these things, that's better, it might might benefit you to write it in your Bible. And we know that all these, these things work together. Not all those things out there in the world. Somebody come slap five at your mouth. Well, it's working together for my good. No, that's not what we're talking about. That's, that's not what he's talking about. Well, I got sick in my body. God's teaching me a lesson. God does not teach through sickness. God does not teach through disease. God does not teach through tragedy. God does not work on you. Matter of fact, I'm going to bust somebody else's theology. God does not bring bad things on you to get your attention. That's not how Father God works. I wouldn't go break my son's leg and say, you listening now? I've heard, I heard that preached in churches I, I grew up in. People say, oh, they're they laying on their flat in the back in the hospital. Oh, that's a good position now to look up. God needs you flat on your back so you can look up. What in the world? What kind of father would abuse their child to get their attention? That's not how father God works. So, It's all the things you read above, verse 28, that work together for good to those who love God. To those who love God. Who to those who are the called according to his or to God's purpose. Everybody say, "I've I've been called. Now let's keep going through the end of the chapter here. For whom he foreknew, 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 that means knew before. So God knew you before you got born again. He knew you before you got born the first time. Before you were forming your mother's womb, he knew you already. That's why we are anti-abortion. Because life begins at conception. At conception. Not six weeks later, not 12 weeks later, not, not the third trimester. Life begins at conception. He foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So that's the destiny right there. That's what he's trying to get me to, to look just like his son. Right? That he, Jesus Christ, might be the firstborn among many brethren. So the end goal is that we all look like our big brother Jesus. Big brother Jesus? That's what we're going to look like. Right? Okay, verse 30, please. Verse 30. Now here it is. Here's the process, Marcus. Watch this. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also. That's what happened to you in the club. That's what happened to you at that party. Whatever you were doing, you messed your high up. You said it. he also called. He predestined, he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. Now, where does justification take place? In you. He called you, and after he called you and you answered, he justified you. That happens in you. Justified means you've been made right. That's what righteousness is. Everybody say, I'm righteous. I'm righteous. As a matter of fact, say this, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The in Christ. I'm in right standing with God. I'm in right standing I, have God. I have been no justified. Matter no matter what I've done, it's washed away, it's washed away. I'm, justified. I'm justified. That's one of the hardest things for so many Christians to get, That's right. that you're justified. Because you come in knowing you've done all the dirt you could ever do in your life and you come give, give life to Christ and the devil wants to keep reminding you of all you've ever done and he won't, he won't let you stumble on this scripture that says you're justified. You've been made right. You've been made right. You're no more right. You, you are as right now as you'll ever be. You are as right now as you'll ever be. Right you'll, ever be. you'll never be more right than you are right now. You can't can't get more righteous. You are the righteousness of God. You can't get more righteous than that. You can yield to that righteousness. Right? All right, so he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Now glorified, that's something that you begin to see manifested for you. You see, but it first starts in you. You got this? Now, let's go to 2 Corinthians 5, please. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. This is a scripture most people know. The moment you get born again, you hear this verse here. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become what? Have become what? How many things? Have become what? How many things? things? Have become what? How? I'm in Christ. I, I work into a fit, work into a fit, work into a fit. Bam! Y'all stunned, like, uh. Blah, 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 blah. So if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Notice it didn't say joy. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Joya. Jasmine. Notice it didn't say. Therefore, if anyone is in church. No, sir. Get for you. Preach. Preach. no. You know, there are a lot of people in church who are not new creations. That's right. Well, I, before COVID, they were in church. And they're not new creations. They didn't say, therefore, if anyone is in church, he's a new creation. It says, if anyone is in Christ. So church membership does not recreate you. It's, yeah, you have to be enfolded into Christ. I think that's the Passion translation. It, uses, it says that phrase, enfolded. Y'all know what enfolded means. In, any of y'all bakers, when you go, you're baking, you, you can fold in the eggs on something? Is that right? I'm making a, no. You fold in nuts. You fold in other. You fold in it. Mix the eggs, but then you fold in other ingredients, nuts and, yeah, flour and stuff. So in other words, you make it now one. You, you, right? Okay, so let's move on. So therefore, if anyone is in Christ, Chris said I'm right. Chris said I'm right. Chris Stafford, he knows how to bake. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Y'all got this here? Y'all stick with me. So church does not get you new creation realities. Now, we heard a preacher here a couple years ago, church is a good place to be, and that's true. Church is a good place to be, but church does not get you new creation. It gets you where you can learn it, if you're in the right church. You can learn new creation, but new creation comes as a result of being in Christ. Okay? And the wonderful thing about not only us is us being in Christ, we're trying to get Christ in us, the hope of glory. Paul said in Galatians 4, I, I want to labor and birth pain again until Christ be formed in you. In you. Okay? So, every person who's born again is new. If you're born again, you're new, but we must be transformed by the knowing of our minds. Okay? Write this down. Salvation is instant. Transformation is not. Write that down. Salvation is instant. Transformation is not. How long it take you to get saved? Just all of about five seconds. Just believe. Do you know to get saved, you don't have to you don't have to quote Romans 10, 9 and 10? You know you don't have to quote Romans 10, 9 and 10 to get saved. Right, You know Paul who wrote Romans 10, 9 and 10 didn't quote Romans 10, 9 and 10. He wasn't saved yet. I mean he was, he was saved before he wrote Romans 10, 9 and 10. So how did he get saved? Lord who are you? What do you want me to do? Okay. That's how he got saved. <laughs> so my point to you simply is Salvation is instant, but transformation is not. Transformation is a process that you go through. It takes time. It's God working in you. It's God working in you. It's you working out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's, it's uh, being uh, transformed by Romans 12, verse 2, the renewing of your mind. So what happens in church, church, People join church, or they even even get saved and attend church. But because they attend church, uh, they they don't necessarily go through a transformation process. You know, there are people been saved thirty years and they're still carnal. Still carnal, as the Bible says, sold under sin. Well, I'm just I'm just a man, dog. <laughs> nothing changed. You mean thirty years? and Nothing changed about you? You've not grown a little bit? See, salvation is instant, but transformation is not. You got it? Okay, now, thank you, Lord. When you get born again, God is just beginning His work in you. Getting born again is not the end. It's the beginning of his work inside you. When you get born again, you're now saying, work on me, Jesus. You immediately become uh, under construction, Oscar. It's the beginning of the work. Now, what's the end of the work? It's him working through you. I mean, I'm just thinking, uh, uh, Chris. There are people in in the body of Christ. I I know many people in the body of Christ. They've been saved as long as I've been alive. And they never, I never hear stories or hear about them talking about God doing anything through them. They're just good church members. I mean, faithful church members. But that's not God didn't call us to be church members. I mean, it's wonderful. That's wonderful. We should be members of church. But that's not the end. We are more, you know, more than church members, we are kingdom ambassadors. Yes, sir. That's it. I'll come over here. You know, more than church members, we are kingdom ambassadors. You know, ambassadors go on uh, trips on behalf of the nation that they're from, they work on behalf of the nation that they're from, they, they represent the nation that they're from. I think that's 2 Corinthians 5.20. We are ambassadors for Christ, right? So we are ambassadors for him, not members. Now, as an ambassador, I'm a member of the body. And he assigns me to a church. But going to church isn't the end. That's just where I go to be developed. It's, that's just where I go to learn to let Him uh, uh, work in me, and then if you're in the right place, you you learn what He can do for you. But if you're really in the right place, you learn what He wants to do through you, and you say, "That's what I'm here. That's what I'm. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm all about. I want God to work through me." Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, so. Too often, we want God to do something big for us. Now, how many of y'all want God to do something big for you? Absolutely. All right, nothing wrong with that. Nothing, nothing wrong. In fact, if you don't want God to do something big for you, I, I, I need to talk to you because something's wrong with you. Every, that's right. Father God, we all want God to do it. I mean, my kids want us to do big, I mean, to my, my natural kids. Those those crumb snatchers, man, I mean, they always they they think big. It's just crazy. It's crazy. Crazy. And um Yeah, they keep your faith active. Right? Just tell them no. No. All of God's promises amen. are yes and amen. Well, if you tell them, if you tell them yes all the time, you're gonna spoil them. Who said so? Oh, my God. That's, a That's a worldly, poverty-minded, limited mind thinking that you're gonna spoil your kids if you do good stuff for them. So what you do is 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 you 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 withhold from them everything, and and then you make them now. Covet when everybody else has. And now they looking looking out trying to figure out how they can go make a dollar and fifteen cents for themselves. Mm-hmm. See Praise God. I'll leave that alone. Thank you, Lord. No, God's a good father. I remember the time uh, my son and I were going to a baseball game, deep, and um, I, I mean, we, we were broke. Don't cry, honey. And we were, I mean, we were broke. It was just a few years ago. We were broke, broke. And, uh, but my son, who, I mean, he loves baseball. I mean, he's mad right now that they're not playing baseball. And uh, so but we went to a game, and I didn't have any money. But I said, okay, I'm going to do something, Lord. I'm just going to trust you. And we got up to that gate, so I'm just I'm gonna buy the cheapest seats they have, whatever cheapest thing. I mean, nosebleed, just just get me inside. I'll stand by the concession stand. Just let us get inside the game, and we can we can watch this game. So I can I can. Uh. So then we got there, and they they uh, the cheap seats were all were all gone. They didn't have any cheap seats, so they had some tickets. They were like $17 a piece, and I'm like $17 for two people. That's $34 before they add the taxes and the service fee. See, some of y'all, that's like, what is that? What is $34? I spend that on lunch. I'm talking about when you're broke, you got a wife and four kids. $34, man, that's, that's like, we decide between that and, and eating for our family. And uh, that's all it had. And I'm like, man, $34, Lord mercy. And I, inside me, I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, don't let him down. Because in my mind, Liz, I was going to get in the car and go home. Forget that. I can't spend $35, $34, whatever it is. And the Lord, I heard inside the Lord say, don't let him down. And then he said this. He's learning about me from you. He said, he's learning about me from you. Don't let him down. I said, okay. All right, Lord. I said, okay, okay. I mean, the way he said it, Tammy, it was was stern. It wasn't soft as I'm saying. It was stern. Don't let him down. And I said, okay, all right. I'll, 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 I'll get the tickets. Before we get by the tickets, somebody says, Hey, sir, 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 you guys got tickets to the game? Uh, no, not yet, but you know, I'm, you know, scalpers. No, I'm good, I'm good. No, 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 I got some tickets. You, you want some of you and your son? You gonna give them to me? Yeah, yeah. Man, these were like the best tickets we ever had in our <laughs> life. They were like down front. I mean right there we're like sitting right there by the dugout like oh my god there's no way I would have been able to afford those tickets how much of those tickets like 75 dollars a piece those tickets oh yeah they are like oh yeah 125 dollars maybe I think for those tickets a piece well that's That's not very spiritual. It was spiritual. What happened? God was doing something in me. And then he did something for me. And now he knows how to get things done through me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm talking about how faithful God is. Thank you, Lord. See, and there, you're right, honey. She's talking about not trading the journey. See, we know that journey that, you know, some of y'all remember uh, Brother Tony. Brother Tony, who was a multi millionaire, multi, multi millionaire, met us and just loved us. I mean, he, 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 we, we were like son and daughter to him. He took us under his wings, taught us faith, trained us in faith, taught me about praying in tongues. Came here would teach us. And we're sitting there broke around a multimillionaire. And, you know, in your mind, you're thinking, you know, he could break us off a little something, something. Come on now, tell me, you know, you're thinking that. You're thinking that yourself. You're thinking that yourself. You're like, he can, you know, let him, Lord, Lord, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, shut up lord remember me i remember the day he's coming he's sitting here doing a doing a bible study one day and uh, uh, on a saturday and he called he's looking for Tamara. where is that young lady where's that young lady he's tracking her down to give her his brand new vehicle i'm like lord tamra that guy's got something for you tamra And as long as he was around, the Lord never let him do anything for us. I mean, we'd go to lunch and, you know, he'd buy lunch and, you know, things like that. But I mean, we're broke. But see, what was happening was God was doing something in us. Then he sent along Apostle Durbo. at that time Pastor Durba and Mama Berto. Come along and they're rich. And we're still. <laughs> Y'all don't know about nothing about being broke, I know. Still, just broke. In debt. Half a million dollars, just about. And, you know, praise God. <laughs> Brother. And never, Dad would even talk about how times he asked God, God just let me, just let me do something, and God said, "Don't you touch that. Stay out of that. Why? Because I'm trying to do something in them. Because if I can do something in them, they let something develop in them." Then they'll know how to come to me, and I can do things for them. And as they grow in their faith and grow in their expectation, now they'll be conduits and vessels. Now God can get many things done through us. See, now God knows that for us, Pastor Kim and myself, now he can get plenty of things done through us. People call needing help. We don't even come to the church about it. All the church for it. How much is it? All right. Boom, 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 boom. We'll take care of it. Well, I don't mean, check because I we don't. I haven't had to use a check in, in probably ten years. But I mean, he knows how to get things done through us. Nations taking care of Zambia and stuff like that. We've been doing that on our own. <laughs> I mean, feeding them on our own. And I remember there being a time we didn't have money to to pay, I mean, for our own groceries. Thank God people would feed us. (laughs) Andrew, remember you make the, Andrew Andrew used to make this this lasagna. He used to have them little sausages in there. (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) You got some lasagna tonight? See, y'all, are y'all, y'all. Sometimes we want God to just abracadabra. bumba dumba lamb. But we don't live on miracles, we live by faith. So faith is on the inside of us. If we let faith develop on the inside of us, then we can begin to manifest over and over and over and over and over and over over again. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you tonight? So we got to be transformed by the newing of our minds. Okay? So God wants to do something big for us, and he wants to do some things big, some big things through us. That's what we want. But he won't do it before we're ready. I want you to grab that in your mind. He won't do do big things for us nor big things through us before we're ready. And God knows when we're ready. God, I'm ready. When you're going to do something big, you ain't ready. Because you know what? Can I prove it to you? If you were ready, he'd be doing it. Because God's looking already to do something. I mean, God's trying to get big things done on the earth right now. So if you're ready, he's going to come right to you. Boom, they're ready. Boom. I need to work right now. I can use that one right there. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord go to and fro through the earth, looking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. So he's ready to do something for you. But if your heart's not loyal to him, he can't get it to you because he knows if he gives you, if he does something big for you before you're ready, you'll slip out on him. And he doesn't want you slipping out on him. He paid too much for you. Y'all didn't like that. He paid too much for you. You've been bought with a price and you're very expensive. He's invested a whole lot in you. <laughs> oh, God. maybe maybe think about people sometimes. They, 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 they date somebody for 20 years. They've been dating. I ain't my married. Been dating 20 years. You still with that brother? Well, child. <laughs> I've invested a lot. I've invested a lot in this relationship. <laughs> 20 years and not married yet. Well, we still we still thinking about it for 20 years. Why you ain't moved on? I've invested a lot. I have news for you. God has invested a lot in you. And he doesn't want to ruin the relationship by giving you something that you're not ready for. Glory to God. So God's ready to do some big things, right? Large money. Large territory, large work, major responsibility. Look at Philippians chapter 1. I got a few minutes left here. Philippians chapter 1. Glory to God. Verse 3, I start there. This is Paul talking. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Who is he talking to? The Philippian church, right? His partner's there. Verse 4, always and every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy for your fellowship or your partnership in the gospel. That's what that word fellowship is the same Greek word for partnership, right? In the gospel from the first day until now. Verse 6, being confident of this very thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. that he who has begun a good work in you. Yes. Thank you, y'all see that will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So God has begun, Wanda, a good work in you. When you answer this call to be saved, you went under construction right then. It's interesting because Colossians tells us that we are complete in him. Now that's positionally complete. But practically, he's working on us. He's begun a good work in us. Because the end of the work is not that he just does something in us. Or that he does something for us. It's that he does something through us. What's the end goal? Through us. It's the work. Through us, it's to work always. Through us, it's for you and I to become a conduit. It's it's for you and I, you 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 and me, to always be be people that God can use anytime, all the time, everywhere, anywhere. To work through us, hallelujah. Now, the beautiful thing about this is when God works through you, you're always going to be blessed by it. I was laughing with a, with a. Uh, my wife and a couple Sunday we were talking about you know uh, how uh, my wife remarked about how growing up when her dad was sending to the store to get something you know he'd give her $20, $50, whatever it was and he never got his, his change back or well, no you like that, you, no change back $20 you go buy a soda and a, and, a, and a Snickers bar and a honey bun for him and he never got his change back Anybody else went through that? No. I know my kids are like that now. I give them money to go somewhere, and do something, and what a change. Oh. So, so but let, 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 me, let me clue you in on something. After a while with my kids, what I did was I intentionally let them keep the change. And if you look back on your father, whoever was giving you the money, if they didn't, if they didn't wrestle the change out of you, They didn't want it. They knew what they were doing. It was their way of blessing you, their way of gifting something to you. You got it? So, the way God works is when He wants to get something done on the earth, He sends you to do it, and you get to keep the change. Isn't that good? I mean, when I heard him talk about that Sunday, I was like, boy, that'll preach, so I'm preaching it right now. Yeah. That's good yeah. that he lets you keep the change. That's his intent. Yeah. So in other words, he's always able to do exceeding, abundantly above what we can ask or think. Right. So he goes beyond what you need to get his job done. As long as you keep in mind doing his job, as long as you keep in mind letting God work through you, you will never have to worry again about what he'll do for you because what he'll do for you is always included in what he does through you. Oh, my God. What he does for you is always covered by what he does through you. Am I right about it? Jesus Christ is always about his father's business. Did he ever have to worry about money? No, because he was always doing the business of the father. So because God's always working through him, what what God wanted to do for him was always covered. And that's what God's trying to get us in the body of Christ to really understand and grab a hold of. We don't have to worry. Take no thought for your lives what you shall eat, what you shall drink, what you shall put on. Seek first the kingdom of God. His righteousness, all these things shall be added to you. In other words, God said, just do my will. You can keep the change. I'll come over here. Just do my will and you can keep the change. Make yourself a conduit. Make yourself a vessel. Make yourself an instrument. Make yourself a distribution center and whatever I send through you, you can keep the extra. There's a little boy who had two fish, five loaves of bread. John 6, remember that? Jesus said, Hey, what y'all got out there? They couldn't find a thing, but this two fish and five of red as all this little boy has. He said, bring them, bring them to me. So that little boy committed what he had to Jesus. Jesus took what he had, multiplied it, divided among everybody else, took up 12 baskets full. Who guessed those 12 baskets went home with? That boy and his family. They kept the change. He said, gather the fragments and nothing be lost. That boy got to keep all the change. If you make up in your mind, I'm going to do God's will. No matter what I do, he'll always make sure you get to keep the change. Are y'all hearing this tonight? So I spend the, the bulk of the time, Pauline, the bulk of the time, Robert, trying to get the people of God to let God do the work in them. You can't skip past the in you. You, you can't skip past the in you. You got to let God do this work in you first. So you'll be ready for the for you. We all want God to do things for us. But God's smarter than that. He knows he has to do the things in us first. The Bible says complacency or, or prosperity destroys a fool. Right? thing in, 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 the, in the New King James read, in Proverbs 1, complacency destroys a fool. That's, that's prosperity so he won't give it to somebody who's not ready for it because he knows, you'll. even James talked about that you have, you ask uh, and you have not because uh, you ask, ask amiss that you may heap it on your own lust all you think about is you so I can't get it to you because all you think about is you, this is why you hear me always saying practice now being a giver, practice now being a distribution center, practice now being somebody God can work through at the level where you are when I was in that Sweet Bay store down, this was, used to be Sweet Bay down here, y'all remember that? When I was at that Sweet Bay store and there was that girl in line and she was putting her her little uh, baby form and everything back and the Lord said, Lord's "Lord, said, pay for all that. And I'm like, pay for all that? I'm still broke. I heard the Lord say, pay for all that. I was like, ma'am, um, don't put all that back. Just just put it there and, and ring it ring it all about. I'll pay for it. Huh? I said, just just." Don't say anything, just (laughs) (laughs) hurry up. Just get on there. I'm supposed to pay for all that. And I said, all right, Lord, I'll do it. Now, I don't know how I'm going to take care of my wife and four children. But he's making me practice through me by working in me. And when we paid, well, my wife wasn't there, but it's her money too. When we paid for those groceries, and then I used the last little bit I had to pay for our little my, the little couple things I came to get. <laughs> I wasn't grocery shop, yeah, i yeah, that's not my role. Uh, that's not my anointing, put it that way. I'll do it if I have to, but that's not my anointing. No, if I... I ain't going to lie. I'm not going to lie, Deke. See, if I was doing it, it would have been generic everything. I'm just going to tell you the truth. No, I'm just telling you. Uh, y'all like, no, no, I'm just telling you. If it was me back then, back then, everything would have been black and white label, black and yellow label, no name, brand. It wouldn't have been the Cheerios. It would have been Herios and everything. You know what I'm saying? I ain't lying to y'all. I was broke, Deke. I was broke. I remember when God gave me the revelation one day. What's, don't let me forget the sweet bait. One day I'm in Publix, and I'm supposed to be buying some orange juice one day. And I'm buying some orange juice, but I'm, 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 I'm comparing orange juice. I'm sitting there in front of the orange juice about 15 minutes. Price per ounce. See, none of y'all have been there, have you? And I'm sitting there looking at the orange juice. And all of a sudden, and what happens, the, 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 I think was it was a Tropicana, I think Tropicana, was 39 cents more than the juice I was going to buy. It, it wasn't Donald, I don't think it was Donald Duck. I think it was like, it, was, it wasn't. It, it's probably been recalled by now, what I was going to buy. But I'm sitting there, and it's like, it's 39 cents. All of a sudden, I heard this in me. And this, I know the Lord's talking. He said, it's 39 cents. It's 39 cents. Now, I know this, y'all don't go through this, but I'm sitting there, and I'm stumped. Over 39 cents. All of a sudden, now he got. I, I start thinking, here you are preaching prosperity, talking about millions of dollars, and you're sitting here lamenting over 39 cents. How are you going to believe me for millions and you can't spend 39 cents? See what happened? I had to let him work in me. So now, We're at a point now, because he did the work in us, when somebody needs groceries, we buy them. (laughs) Because he did something in us, then he did some things for us, now he can do things through us. Tell your neighbor, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. Tell them you're going there too. God's going to be able to do great things yes. through your life. Yes. But for right now, now some of y'all may be at, at the for me state, but can I, can I tell you this other thing? Don't, don't never forget this. Remember the first stage is what? In you. The second stage is what? The third stage is what? Never forget this. Every level you go th- go to, you start over. Don't no, no, ever forget that. Every level you go to, you know we used to sing the song. Every round goes higher and higher. So every round that you go higher, you go back through the same process. Oh yeah. You st- every every level, every level you go to, you start the process over again. Not from the bottom, but it's, it's it's in you on a higher level in other words in other words when 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 God tells tells me in a, that grocery store to okay pay for those groceries okay he's doing something in me now when he tells me buy a car for someone I got to go back through the same process again so you follow what I'm saying? He's got to still do a work in me. Hey, he, he reminds me, hey, hey, we got through the 39 cents. We got through it. You, you got through the 39 cents, son. Let's do this. Come on, come on. I'm going to bring you up to a different level. here. You follow what I'm saying? Oh, gee whiz. I didn't mean to use all this time. I'm, I'm already past time. Uh, so let me read Philippians 1. Verse 6 in the Passion Translation says, I pray with great faith for you because I'm fully convinced that the one who began this glorious work in you will faithfully continue the process of what? So what is God doing? Maturing me. Maturing me. Not making me older, but making me where I'm able to handle more. You know, in Galatians uh, 4, it talks about the heir, as long as he's a child. Galatians 4, 1, the heir, as long as he's a child, is no different than a servant or a slave. Even though he's the master of the whole estate. So you, there's so much you have that God has given to you already. But as long as you are still spiritually a child, he cannot entrust you to those things. He cannot put large money in your hands or large territory or large work in your hands, let alone major responsibility. I wouldn't wouldn't give Talaya major responsibility. She's gone now. Let's start over now that she's gone. No, I, I I wouldn't give my son at 14 major responsibility. Son, you take the trash out. Take, take the recycling out. Hey, bring it in. Okay. Make your bed, son. I wouldn't ask him to repair the roof. I wouldn't say, son, it's your job to keep the power on. I got to I gotta train him on the little stuff. You just make sure you keep that trash out. So they know now we go home every Wednesday night, get all the trash out. They know because the garbage collector comes tomorrow. They know, right? Not in my neighborhood. I know you know. You know. But what I'm saying is you, you, you have to uh, grow into this. So he says he continues the process of maturing you and will put his finishing touches to it until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody say finishing touches. Finishing touches. Now the picture I get when I see this is you ever seen a, a like Paul, Pauline's an event planner and there are other people who do events, things like that. You know event planners like right up until showtime. They'll be moving stuff around. You're like, okay, good, it's good. And, no, no, I don't like that. I'm, I'm, yeah, they, they're going to do, I mean, especially a detailed person. Right? A decent, you know what I'm talking about. You think it's just fine and they're like, no, no, no. No, 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 move that around. Turn it just a little bit. Like, God, I'm, hey, I'm about to leave, y'all, okay? No, <laughs> oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait a minute. Finishing touches. An artist finishing touches. You think, man, that's that's a beautiful, beautiful art. And no, that artist saying, no, 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 this is one little, I just want to, I, I got to put that eyelash on right there, I got to. I got. I got. I got to make the sun. I need a little more ray of the sun coming right through there, through the clouds, right there. That's what the Bible says God is doing for us. He's. He keeps on putting finishing touches on us. Somebody say I'm not finished yet. But He's putting finishing touches on us until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. So once Christ comes, we're gonna be ta-da. Remember, we're the bride. When the groom comes, I, there's times I, we've been doing weddings, and I'll, we're like, I look through that window uh, and the door, I can see the bride outside, and there's Pauline, who maybe she's doing that wedding, and she's like messing with that dress. And I mean, just last look. I mean, we're like, the music started, and she, people still pulling on dresses and messing with the flowers and everything. Like, come on, come on in. They like, because they want you to, as soon as that door opens, They want to be perfect. And that's what God is doing for us. He's perfecting us. He's maturing us. He's putting finishing touches on us until the unveiling of Jesus. Y'all got it? So he has to do a major, major, before he can do major work through us, he has to do a major work. In us now, I know some of y'all came to Jesus Christ. When you came to Him, you already have saved anyhow, and you already had knocked down all the little stuff, right? Some of y'all is three quarters saved already when you came to Jesus. So, Lord, I just need a little bit of work. I need. <laughs> some of y'all, you already just you were halfway there. You just need just just a little, just a little bit. I need a, just a little fine, a little tuning. But the rest of us came weary. Wounded, sad, worn out, worn out, right? Toe it from the floor up, and truth be told, there's still work. There's still work he's doing in us. And when you think you've arrived, there's still more work. Why? Because even when you, when you have done, when he has done some work, and he's now worked for you, and now he's done things through you, he said, okay, we're going to go up a notch. We're going to go higher. Okay, I've done th- those things through you. You laid hands on a few sick people, and they recovered from their, from their cold, or they, their tooth stopped hurting. Wonderful. He said, now we're going to go up a notch. Now I'm going to get you to the point where you lay hands on a person who's missing their leg. Y'all better say something to me. And, and you're going to believe for the leg to grow back. I am, I'm not ready for that. Well, he's going to go back and say, okay, let me do some more work in you. Let me do some more work in you because when I do more work in you, then I'm going to do some work for you. I'm going to have something show up in your life that, that was cut off. I'm going to have something to manifest in your life that you thought you'd never get back. And all of a sudden, you're going to believe that and say, wow, God, you can do anything. You say, okay, now let's go over this person that's missing a leg. See, in you, for you, through you. That's the process of how it happens. Amen. I'm out of time. She's back. So let's, uh... (laughs) she's back. Praise the Lord. Our main scripture we read, I'll read it, then we'll, we'll finish this on Sunday, okay? Philippians 2, verse 12 to 13. Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <coughs> Philippians 2, 12, 13. Let's go back to the New King James. Thank you. It says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed. Have we always obeyed? Okay. We're working on that too then. Okay. All right. All so, right. As we have always obeyed by faith, we always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, what do you do? Work out your own salvation with what? Okay, but then verse 13, 13, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. I want to read Philippians 1.13, I'm sorry, 2.13 in the C.E.V. 2.13, Philippians 2.13. I probably gave me the wrong scripture. Philippians 2.13 in the C.E.V. Can y'all read it with me? Okay, read it, go. God is working in you to make you willing and able to obey him. God is working in you. This is what he's doing first. His big plan. Is to do something through you, big, bigger than you can imagine. But he's got to start at first getting us willing and able to obey him. Willing, able, able, able. Because when you first get born again, you're not necessarily able. You're, you, you, you haven't learned how to use the spirit instead of your soul power. Most people first get born again, they're still leaning on willpower. I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to stop cussing. Because t- <laughs> what's happened, if, if you've not learned how to yield to the Spirit, because the Bible says walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So if you're not walking in the Spirit, you will fulfill the lust of the flesh. So you'll go back to cussing. And you'll go back to smoking, and you'll go back to drinking, and you'll go back to slipping and tipping and uh, slipping around and, and telling people off. Tell your mama off if you have to. <laughs> mama, you burnt them biscuits. Pop! <laughs> no, I'm just joking. So, he has to work in us to make us willing and able to obey him so in other words willing, he says willing to obey him willing, that means it's not my natural will to obey God, my flesh doesn't want to obey God can I tell you something to this day to this day my flesh doesn't want to obey God that's why I got to bring this body into subjection, I got to beat it down I die daily. I crucify this flesh daily. No, we're going to serve God. Flesh, shut up. We're going to serve God. My new will is to serve God. No, I'm not going to do that. 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 Shut up. Shut up, flesh. You're not in control anymore. Now, I want to give you a little piece of good news, and then we'll go home on this. So, he's working in you to make you willing and able to obey him. Now, let's look at, from the Living Bible, Isaiah 119, from the Living Bible, from the Living Bible. Here's what he's working on. Now, here's what you get, how you get to keep the change. Isaiah 119, in... The Living Bible. I think I told y'all Philippi, but yeah, I there it is. If you'll only let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. Now that's God talking. So he's working in you to get you to the will and the ability to obey him. He says here... Now, if you'll do it, I'll make you rich. See, that's the for you. Did you catch it? That's the for you. What he'll do for you. But he has to first do something in you. Once he does something in you, then you experience the for you. Now, if you don't give in to the riches and let the riches run your life, now you'll let God do things through you. So now, rather than the government... Or the heathens being the world's biggest philanthropists. It'll be the children of God who feed nations. And when we feed nations, we'll say, the Lord loves you. Jesus loves you. Are y'all catching this tonight? So God is working in you. That's what I want you to remember when you go home tonight. And guess what? While you're asleep. Your dreams, your visions, In the visions of the night. While you're sleeping upon your bed, he's working in you. So tonight when you go to bed, Lord, work on me, Jesus. Work on me, Jesus. Hallelujah. Get your beauty rests. Glory to God. And watch God work on you. And I mean, I know it. he does because I wake up with God dreams. Well he's he's emblazoned something on my spirit. That in other words, while I'm asleep, he, he maneuvered around my soul. Yeah. See, because while you're awake, you know, you can kind of reason things out. But when you're asleep, he just blows right past your soul. Let me put this on your spirit. You wake up with it. Oh, financial miracles are happening in my life every day. Yeah. Yeah. Bam, there it is. Amen. Amen. And that's what God does for us. Do you all receive that tonight? Yeah. Well, if you receive it, give God a big hand of praise. Let him know you appreciate the word you received tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Is Kirkland here? I think he's in the back, right? Um, I need him to come out here. I need everybody uh, here tonight who your business was somehow impacted by COVID. In other words, because of COVID and everything shutting down, business was, you know, they weren't having any events or they weren't doing these. If if you were affected by COVID, I need need you out here. I want to just lay my hands on you. Hallelujah. This is what the Lord showed me today, so I'm doing it. You can just leave it, okay. It's affected by COVID. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. been a flower will not run out God's able to prosper you in the middle of a famine and God wants to one he loves you but two he wants to make you an example you ever hear somebody say they want they want to make an example out of you God wants to make an example out of you of his goodness that everyone around you knows, man, everything's shut down. How, how did you prosper? How did your business all of a sudden take off in the middle of all this? Well, you'll be able to say the Lord did it. The Lord did it. Amen? So everyone out here, uh, I just want you to just put your hands out. I'm going to lay my hands on your hands. Lay my hands on your hands, y'all can come on up here. I'm gonna pray first, then I'm just gonna come by you. You probably wanna be down there. I'm sure y'all in business together somehow. Deacon Robert, in the middle of COVID, did you get increase in your business? Did y'all hear what I said? Yes, in the middle of COVID, he got an increase in his business. Just, I mean, unsolicited. He didn't go out looking for it. It just came to him. Just came to him. Hallelujah. All right, now let me explain something to you real quick. I all can put your hands down just one second. In you, for you, through you. I'd have my wife here, but she's she's sitting. I'm going to let her sit. God, through these hands, when we were deep in debt, personally, in, in the ministry, we that was our debt, too. We called it our debt, but, you know, personally, we had more debt than the, than the ministry did. He did something in us first. He did a work in us. What he does in you is revelation and then transformation. Then what he does for you is manifestation. Then what he does through you, for in our, in this case, is impartation. So because God did a work in us and he's now done miraculous work for us, he can now do a work through us Impartation. So when I lay my hands on your hands, I'm imparting the same prosperity anointing that he had to work in us without anybody helping us. He wouldn't let people help us. You understand that? He wouldn't let people help us. And we were wanting it. But he wouldn't let them so that he could do the work in us. And then from that, he started doing work for us manifestation, so that now I can stand before you, lay my hands on you in impartation, let him flow through me into your lives, okay? So from this night forward, you're going to experience increase in your businesses, that it doesn't matter what has been shut down, nobody wants to buy products, nobody wants to host events, nobody wants to do this, nobody wants to do that that's nothing to do with you nothing to do with you from this night forward when I lay my hands on your hands you're gonna you're gonna be like that woman that widow woman who all of a sudden she all she had was a little bit of oil in a jar and all of a sudden God created a demand for oil all over town and she's the one who had it got that? All right, let's put those hands out again. just going to lay my hands on you. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm doing what I saw, what you showed me, and obedience to your word, the leading of your spirit. Thank you for what you've done in me. Thank you for what you've done for me, and I thank you now for what you shall do through me that as I lay my hands on these business owners, these entrepreneurs, these, these people, Lord, whose businesses have been impacted in some way, that God, as I lay my hands on them, I impart to them an anointing that makes their work, their product, their service attractive. In the name of Jesus, that makes them what they have in high demand, So much soul, they'll have so much business, they have to turn it away. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So much business, you have to turn it away. So much business from this day forward. So much business, you have to turn it away. In the name of Jesus. So much business, you have to turn it away. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, more than you can handle. So much business. Oh, so much business. So much business. You have to turn it away. More than you can handle. More than you can wrap your mind around. I release an impartation right now on your lives. So much business. You have to turn it away. You won't be able to handle it. Much more than you can figure out. Much more than you can, you you prepare for it. So, prepare yourself now, get ready, get your books back out, get your goods back out, get your calendar back out, get your schedule back out, from this day forth, more business than you can handle. I command it, and I release it now, in the name of Jesus. Everybody shout hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord, we receive it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God a big praise tonight. Now y'all get ready to receive that. Get ready to receive that from this day forth more than you can handle. Hallelujah. Yeah, to turn it away. Amen. Everybody stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Hallelujah.